So The Quickie is a smart podcast in that when you listen to last week's episode, you'll get today's news. So no matter what episode you'll listen to for the deep dive, because the deep dive is different and a bit more evergreen perhaps. it's dynamically inserting... It's dynamically inserting the news. So you could listen to an episode from last year about, let's just say COVID, Mm. because that was the main prevalent one, (laughs) and you would get today's news. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Welcome to Behind the Podcast with Jules and Anthony. I'm Jules, and coming up, we'll be speaking with Eliza Ratliff, the head of podcasts at Australia's Mamma Mia and a true bottom-to-the-top success story. Well, thanks very much for joining us, Eliza. Let's get stuck in. Tell us about your role. Well, my name is Eliza Ratliff. I'm the head of podcasts at Mamma Mia, and I oversee our network of now 40 shows. 40? Yes. Not always on, though, because I don't think I'd sleep if we had 40 live at yeah. any one time. But I we've don't got, think anyone could. <laughs> no. But like in the suite, we've got 40 now, which is very exciting. Impressive. And what does a head of podcasts do at Mamma Mia? Well, a head of podcasts is the boss of the team. So I manage 10 people and kind of are, am across, I suppose, the commercial elements as well as the kind of 360 around the business. So like if we've got, for example, Carl Sanderlands on No Filter this week, that I work with the editorial team and the social team to make sure that we've got the best possible marketing and coverage about that. I also still edit and produce some podcasts because I like to have my fingers in a few pies. Yeah, we hear your name at the the end of a lot of episodes. Yeah, well, it's the best bit I find and just kind of general oversight of podcasts and where we're going. So you started as an intern there back in 2012? I did. What Uh, a story. (laughs) What Uh. a story. So I'm from a tiny town in rural New South Wales called Baraba originally. So went to boarding school in Tamworth and I was like, wanted to be a journalist, you know, couldn't help but wonder very like... Carrie Bradshaw-esque, of course, as many people are, uh, and came down to Sydney and went to UTS. And in my first year at UTS doing communications, got an internship at Mamma Mia. And then I just didn't leave ever again yeah. and kind of stuck around until they hired me. And so that worked. wasn't, they didn't start doing podcasts until much later. No, so I was actually started as an editorial assistant. Mm. So I used to work Sundays and run the website, uh, which probably wouldn't happen now having a 19 year old run a very big website, but we were smaller then. And then kind of worked my way up to being there part time and then full time as an editorial assistant and then a content producer. And then in 2015, we started building the podcast network. So Monique Bowley, who was our first head of podcasts at Mamma Mia, came on board. And at the time, I was a junior writer and Mia's assistant. And Mia was like, I want to start a podcast and I want to interview people. And I want it to be a bit like conversations, but more media-y. And I started booking guests and doing the research. So I had no idea what I was doing, but just gave it a shot. Had you listened to many yourself at that stage or were you kind of on the fence a bit? At that stage, I'd probably listened to Serial, but that was of that era, but that was probably about it. And then just started going deep into all things pods. And so how did it work in those early stages at Mamma Mia when they were developing these shows and, and trying it out for the first time themselves? Well, it was very much, we started with a suite of four, three of which are still standing. So Mamma Mia Out Loud. Uh, no Filter and This Glorious Mess. And the other one was I Don't Know How She Does It, which was a bespoke series at the time for Combank. Yeah. Uh, and we just kind of, Mia had a 
very big sense that podcast was the way to go and she was very much at the forefront of that for the business kind of flying the podcast flag and uh she like I can't her instincts are insane she just knows something is going to work before it it's even a thing so uh very much like Mama Mia is all about what women are talking about and that's kind of what inspired the podcast that we launched. Okay. Yeah. And did you finish your degree? I did, actually. And did you? where did you pick up your podcast skills, I guess, on uh, the job? Or? On the job, yeah. So Monique Bowley and Sarah McDonald, who was working for us at the time, who's now back at the ABC doing, I think, evenings or something on radio, they kind of taught me everything I knew and a good YouTube video was handy when I was stuck <laughs> in audition and didn't know what quite to cut or what this button did. So just learn on the job. And so you're editorialising the digital content, but then you're moving to the audio. I mean, what were the kind of tips and tricks that you were taught along the way from? Oh, well, I mean, cutting all the ums was yeah. good. <laughs> uh, but just I just observed Mons and Sarah for a good probably four to six months until Monique all of a sudden said, oh, well, you can have a crack at editing no filter and we'll see how you go. And, of course, there were, like, bad things that happened along the way because I was very fresh and I remember we had Penny Wong in once. (laughs) And I thought we were recording okay in audition, like the lines were there, the levels were all there. all looked good, but (laughs) uh, (laughs) the desk wasn't actually picking up anything on the mics and it was coming through the computer so like it was a very big get for us getting Penny Wong in on I don't know how she does it and and, like it was super proud moment for me because I'd booked her in and locked it in and it was great and then listened back and I was like oh fuck like she sounded like she was in the back end of a toilet. Oh no! And we need a penny one long impersonator like, what right are now. What are we gonna do? Oh, oh no! So yeah. that is how I learned to always check that everything's plugged <laughs> in properly. But like in that moment, I was like, well, very junior. But we were recording on a GoPro as well for video, and thankfully the GoPro oh, had sound. Oh, fantastic! It wasn't great, but it was usable. Yeah, but it was better than the toilet sound. Yeah, much better than the toilet sound. Oh, I'm all twitchy now. I want to run. Uh, yeah, it all looks good. Okay. So, what are you recording on? You're saying audition, so that's Adobe Audition. Yeah, Adobe Edition. Okay, and yeah. what's the sort of setup where you are? Uh, very much like you guys have now. We've got two studios now, but back in the in the previous eras of our studios, we built Mons and I built our first studio. We used to have these little greenhouses in our old office in Surrey Hills, uh, and when I say greenhouses, they were literally like plastic greenhouses right. so we bought some eggshell thingies from the foam place yep, yep. stuck it all onto the wall and the roof and there wasn't a door but we make, got a bit of plywood and we made a door was this more youtubing uh it was more youtubing and also mons was married to an abc sound engineer so oh, that was very helpful nick he's great and the unfortunate thing is that we chose the greenhouse right next to the kitchen and the toilets. And it, we were in a big warehouse space, wooden floors. Yes, and lots of echo. And lots high of high heels. Yeah. Yeah. So if you listen to our very early podcast, you can hear a lot of oh, no. dogs barking, like everything happening. 
Uh, and then so you introduce a, a Japanese-style shoes-off yeah, policy in the office. exactly. I used to have a T-shirt that said, shut the F up, that I used to wear around because I'd walk around and just like, shh, shh. Got a really bad reputation with the rest of the business, but it paid off. Um, and then we upgraded to a room with a door, which was life-changing. Yeah, yeah. And now we've got two studios in our new office. With two doors? With two doors Fantastic. and carpet. So it's brilliant. But yeah, very much like you guys, we've got the Rode mics. Um, we've got our three-person pe- studio, which can do four people, uh, with a big triangle table and then a tiny little second studio that's very much two people and a producer. Were you straight into building a studio within the office right away or was there a period where you were trying it out? There was a period we were trying it out. with We uh, hired the the ABC studios. So we, yeah, I didn't know you could do that. Well, nor did I, but apparently you can. Was that uh, an insider I think it was engineer. a bit of an insider thing. So Monique was based in Melbourne because at the time we had a Melbourne and a Sydney office. Uh, we still do, but no studios down there anymore. And she ran it from a studio in Melbourne and Mia and Jamila at the time, who were the hosts of Mamma Mia Out Loud, used to just go into the TARDIS in the ABC studios and record. And they did that for the, around the first probably six to eight months until yeah. we built our own. Yeah, okay. So you had enough time to kind of have a real crack and see yeah. if it was you know, causing a bit of a stir. Exactly. And, yeah. But then once we started doing No Filter and we had interviews, that's when we were like, right, we really need a place where we can do this because the first six episodes of No Filter were actually done on the office floor as a kind of a video and audio medium. But then we very quickly realised that No Filter is an intimate conversation Mm. and to get the most intimate space, you need to kind of be in a closed-off room, not in a very big warehouse with a heap of people. And were you still filming those? Uh, We still film them. We were at the time still filming them, but probably not with as fancy a camera. We Mm. then like went to iPhones. (laughs) And you're predominantly all audio now? Or yeah. Just, yeah. When did yeah. that happen? Predominantly just audio. We still film like a big interview if we have one and we'll upload that later to our YouTube channel, but that's just the pod on YouTube, but mainly just audio. I it's, it's, I don't know about you guys, but I find it really hard to crack a video audio medium that works. That's Short grabs are good for yes. social, but apart from that, it's really tricky. No, I tend to agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, we definitely don't haven't pushed too hard into that space. We've had a look at it with different podcasts um, and we've got some podcasts that do very well. But it, it also you're at the mercy of the YouTube algorithm. Yeah. And we've had guys that have had a campaign on and they're normally getting, say, 30,000 views on a video and just randomly get 1,500. Yeah. And it's great content. It's a high-profile guest and it just got smashed by the algorithm yeah. for some reason. So it's odd. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, and it's, it's more work. It is. It's more work. But I think there is something to it. It's just I, don't, I haven't seen it done well yet. Were you doing a lot of experimentation in, in terms of format and, and trying things like video out and, and also yeah. like the, you, you mentioned working with Commonwealth Bank? Yeah. Was that sort of pitched to them directly? Yeah. The that was very early on. Um, our first ever bespoke, which has kind of kicked off now a raft of working with clients to make shows alongside them, not for them, because we very much want to make content that's still going to work well for yeah. the listener as well as for the client. So that was the first six episodes were sponsored by ComBank and they owned that for a period and then we just continued the show afterwards. Okay, okay. so you own the IP, they yeah. just commissioned it. Yeah, okay. yeah. 
It's interesting. I mean, yeah. should we dive into Mamma Mia podcasts? Yeah. The world, the yes. universe. What is a Mamma Mia podcast? Is there something specifically you look for? Is there a North Star? Is- I suppose, yes. The mum- a Mamma Mia podcast makes women feel seen, heard and understood. So they were, those are our kind of, obviously Mamma Mia is Australia's largest independent women's network and we've got our website and social following, but the podcasts very much were born off the back of the website and have now grown exponentially. That one, exponentially. (laughs) Like keeping that very much core of seen, heard, understood and also just what women are talking about every day is Mm. what we try to do daily, weekly, monthly with our shows. And what's the process been for finding talent I mean, a lot of the people seem like yourself, they've come from within Mamma Mia. Yeah, Has so, that been generally the way to go? Yeah. So we started mainly with in-house talent. So our writers, our editors, I mean, Mia, obviously, mm-hmm. she's on, she hosts No Filter, she hosts Mamma Mia Out Loud. And then we have Holly Wainwright, who's our head of content, who also hosts uh, Mamma uh-huh. Mia Out Loud, as well as This Glorious Mess. Jesse Stevens is our assistant head of content and she started like me as an intern um, and then worked her way up and she went to Out Loud and now she hosts True Crime Conversations as well. Yeah, so, I used to listen to her and her sister doing the maths recaps. Yes, they used <laughs> to do the maths recaps. <laughs> so we have like a great, I suppose, a huge array of internal talent who are really strong writers and also have some people have backgrounds in radio Uh, And then we started, I suppose, looking externally uh, and hiring people. So our host of The Quickie, Claire Murphy, is ex-regional radio from South Mm. Australia and she's fantastic. She wakes up at like 3am every morning and makes The Quickie and it's an exceptional show each and every day. Yeah. And then from there we started, I suppose, working with external people as well and then we we dabble now both ways, I suppose. Okay. And is there a preference? I mean, are you giving... Are you employing people to produce a podcast for Mamma Mia or are they having any IP in the in um, Mainly employing people yep. to um, help us make the show. So like Andrew Datto has been a host of this glorious mess since 2015 when the show started and he's just, we just pay him his monthly fee. Gotcha. And that's how we tend to work with talent. That sounds good. Yeah. So I love your podcast, What the Finance. Yes. How does that come to life? Do you see something like She's on the Money or My Millennial Money and the success they're having and go, we can do that and we can do that for our audience in our own Mamma Mia Mm. voice? Or was it something like it's a Westpac-sponsored show? Did you have a conversation with Westpac and say, hey, they go, we want to do something around personal finance and you went, great, we've got this. Yeah, so we've got a slate of shows that we want to make and we've wanted to make a finance show probably since 2016 and that's when we started working with Melissa Brown who is the host of What the Finance and she started writing for the site but a lot of the time we're waiting for the right opportunity and Mm. mid last year I wasn't there at the time but Westpac bought a bespoke podcast with us uh, so entered it into entered into an agreement to make What the Finance with us and we went from there but it's it's kind of like we look at what areas we don't have on our network in terms of where we aren't reaching women and we very much have holes to fill and what the finance was one of those that's cool so you've got a big sort of strategy board yeah yeah that's really interesting what i've listened to of that show it's great in tackling these things where you, you sort of everyone feels like they're in the same 
or probably not actually more so in the, in the what the finance space everyone feels like they're alone in these money issues yeah and then it's these conversations and they sort of sp- spawned things for yourself even yeah. you know as a listener who's not female I think I'm getting a lot out yeah of it. it's just very very helpful and I think it's probably where it's different to the shows that you mentioned is that we are doing it in a series so it's eight episodes and then we're done so we're tying it up in a bow and that's what we tend to do with our capsule series like we did it with hello bump which was also a bespoke we did with westpac a pregnancy podcast it was 12 episodes so you walked you through your nine months of pregnancy and then a bit beyond and we tend to see them work really well do you find that the audience sort of refined them after the initial yes, launch? Yes, yes. So Hello Bump, everyone is always, well, I suppose women are always getting pregnant. Yeah. So there's always, <laughs> <laughs> we get a lot of feedback still three to four years on of people being like, oh my God, I've just found this podcast. And funnily enough, we have another podcast, The Split, which was our divorce podcast we did, mm-hmm. which was one of those gaps we wanted to fill and we like what the finance had wanted to do it for a very long time and it kind of just had it sitting there ready to go in terms of the idea and the content (laughs) the split has a surge of listens every january and (laughs) after valentine's day oh no oh no what's a bad christmas presents and no valentine's Valentine's day Day (laughs) or just like 2021 i'm gonna get divorced (laughs) so it's really interesting to see those insights so funny yeah and do you take that so, so advertisers and <laughs> well we're just like well we can see this there's a spike there yeah. oh people are getting divorced i'm glad they're searching and finding this yeah yeah you start to promote marriage counseling yeah. maybe in november exactly exactly <laughs> but how do you launch a new show what's your strategy around that gosh i feel like it's getting harder and harder to launch this it's very very many podcasts at the moment yeah. like everyone's doing a podcast but we're lucky in that we've got our big pond of audience i suppose that we can dip into so when we're launching we're you know promoting it across the network we're talking about it on other shows we are writing an article about it on the site and then we're doing a press release as well so there's a bit of momentum which is exciting but i feel like if we were only starting just now mm. if mama like if mama Mia podcast hadn't started six years ago it would be a very different place yeah. And you're cross-promoting on other shows. Yeah. Um, do you use other feeds to launch shows? Yeah, like sometimes, that? sometimes. Yeah. So for What the Finance, I said where's a relevant place to put this in one of our shows that currently isn't live. I don't know how she does it. It was a bit dormant, but there's still a heap of listeners in there. Drop it in there because it's kind of a bit of a crossover. Um, and just looking at analytics and working out where's the best place to put things. Very interesting. Yeah. And do you take pictures for podcasts from people? I'm sure you get them, but do you? And um, feel free to say, we can cut this out so you don't get bombarded in the inbox. Um. It's hard. We get pictures all the time. But because we um, are coming up with, we're edit, we're creating our shows as we go, I suppose. And as I was saying, we've got our kind of big roadmap of shows that we don't have yet. And, you know, we're very... I suppose, content-led team that often we would have either either done that show or are thinking about doing that show. So we're just probably not in a place where we're te- bringing people in to, to host shows yet. Ideation isn't a problem for you yeah, guys. No, yeah, no, not at the moment. We've got a whole, like, many, many brains of content geniuses. So ideas are everywhere. Yeah. 
always. Have you done any um, sort of partnerships or anything with other platforms or companies like Spotify or anything like that ever? Yeah, I mean, the quickies on your daily drive, which I know the Batuta show is as well. So, I mean, that's been really helpful for us. Um, And it's a good partnership. I mean, we've got a good relationship with Apple as well. And it's just probably harnessing those and talking to them often and sharing them what you with them what you're doing yeah um which i think everyone would be doing right now and if you're not you're probably a bit silly and maybe start doing that (laughs) (laughs) but yeah uh in terms of co-making like you guys have done we haven't done that yet okay with something like the quickie was that that was developed internally as well Mm -hmm. yeah it's a great format yeah it sort of fits that daily drive perfectly with just a bit of a sort of spread of what's happening and then a A deep dive deeper focus Yeah. yeah and we've seen it's just the growth on the quickie at the moment is insane because obviously it's very beholden to the news cycle but it just keeps hitting um each new target we set it like every time like boom 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 it just keeps on going up which is amazing to see because obviously with covid there was probably some concerns of a drop across the board in podcast numbers as people's routines changed and you know they weren't doing their daily commute uh they weren't sitting on the bus in the morning they weren't taking the kids to school but that didn't impact the quickie, which was great. Yeah. 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 I think everyone's going to be on Zoom, so they just need something while yeah. they're waiting for other people to join the call. To well, quickly talk exactly. About. Well, we had um, mums emailing us in for Mamma Mia Out Loud and saying, I just needed my 30 minutes of peace. So I went and sat in the car and listened to you guys. So thank you. And, and we saw that demand for Mamma Mia Out Loud. So they actually took it three times a week around this time last year to kind of be the friends in your ears and help you through this moment. Yeah, that connectivity to other people, just feeling like yeah. you're, not, you're not alone. And it's the back and forth with the audience, which I think Mamma Mia does exceptionally well in that we are constantly talking to our listeners. We're constantly engaging with them. We've got um, our Mamma Mia Out Loud's got 20,000 members in their Facebook group. You mm. Beauty's got around 50,000 members. So constantly talking to them, they're emailing us, they're calling us, we're replying, they're talking on the show. Yep. So I think that also helps harness that. But, yeah, the audience thing is amazing. I mean, as you've said, you do have Facebook groups for each of the different shows. Like, yeah. What's the management like mm. for these? Big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we're very lucky to have an amazing social team who help us out and do that. Um, I used to manage the Out Louders Facebook group for a while there a couple of years ago and that was very, very big in terms of growing that and responding to people. Because the thing is, you can have these Facebook groups and just let them be, but then oh. you don't have anything really. Yeah. What's the point of them? Yeah. Um, we want to harness that back and forth we want to talk to people so you have to be present you have to be in there Mia, Holly and Jesse are in Mamma Mia Out Louder's Facebook group every day replying to people asking people questions talking to them and I think that's part of the beauty of Out Loud because people have this connection so then when we do a live show like they come up and they're like, oh my God, I know you and thank yeah. you so much. And it's so funny podcasts in that way. I mean, as a, you know, as an avid listener, you do just feel like you are friends with this person. I've been listening to you for, you know, maybe five, six, ten years, depending on what show it is. And suddenly opening up and having that kind of two-way conversation, whereas before it's just been maybe traditionally one way, it can, mm. uh, I would imagine it would be a huge undertaking. It <laughs> is, but it's worth it. Like yeah. it, it really is worth it. And I think that's what sets us apart from other networks is that we have our audience, but we're talking to them. We're not just treating them as things to sell stuff to. Yep. We respect them. We walk in their shoes. If they don't like something, we listen, we learn, we move on, and we try and grow from that. 
What other ways can the audience engage apart from the Facebook groups? Uh, they can call the pod phone, okay. 028 999 uh, Or they can send us a voice memo. They can email us. Each show has an individual email address. They can also then get in contact with the host directly on Instagram or their show's Instagram account. So there are many different streams. They can write us a letter if they really wanted to. <laughs> Sometimes actually for our um, co-listening podcast, that's incredible. We got a postcard from a little boy in Singapore saying, oh, wow. please, can I have more episodes? <laughs> Did you oblige? Will you oblige? Uh, we will oblige at the end of this month, which is very exciting. <laughs> with, with a show like Mamma Mia Out Loud, you've got Mia and Jesse and Holly on there. and They've got fantastic chemistry. How do you develop sort of within Mama Mead? Would you say like, I think, you know, these two are standing around the water cooler and they're hilarious. Let's try and see what they can do. Or? It's a bit like that. It's a bit just like having a sixth sense, I suppose, without sounding like a complete wanker. But like being able to spot people. So we have uh, the hosts of The Undone, our Gen Z show. I think mm-hmm. that's the right generation. Um, I get no, confused no between the Z and, and no the S. I call it the young people show. <laughs> so, you know, 18 to 25, uh, Lucy and Emily. So they are work wives, as we would call them in the office, but they used to live together and yeah. they were just like talk to each other like sisters and Holly and I were sitting in a room one day and we said wouldn't it be good if you could hear their conversations and listen to their lives because they're they're 24 they're going out they're dating they've got all these incredible stories so how do we harness that well we put them on a podcast and off we go so you're walking around the office just eavesdropping on people basically (laughs) (laughs) and your podcasts all live on Omni yes Omni is our host is that is that always been the case uh we were on libsyn when we first started for probably six months and then we moved over to omni and they've been great yeah do you use any of their other relationships i guess they've got nova and they've got the programmatic stuff in Uh, the us we use um triton so obviously to run our ads um but that triton also runs the quickie news update every morning so the quickie is a smart podcast in that Ooh. when you listen to last week's episode, you'll get today's news. So no matter what episode you'll listen to for the deep dive, because the deep dive is different gotcha. and a bit more evergreen perhaps. So it's dynamically inserting. It's dynamically the inserting the news. So you could listen wow. to an episode from last year about, let's just say COVID because mm. that yep. was the main prevalent one yeah. <laughs> and you will get today's news. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. It's very, very cool. How long has that been set up? Since the start. Yeah, because we were kind of working out how would we do it. And I, it was myself and Rachel Corbett at the time who was our head of pods back then. And we just said, well, why don't we use this ad serving technology that we have to do the ads to serve the news? So it's really good. That's really cool. Great idea. So are you producing the two bits separately? Yeah. So the, I suppose the deep dive gets produced if we're organised, maybe a week before, depending okay. on it, on the news cycle. So we've got like a few always ready to go, but then we're very much doing it the day before. It'll get edited and everything. And then Claire will come on at some ungodly hour. The 3 a.m. The 3 a.m., read the news and wow. then go into the back end of Triton and do some magic and it goes up. And does she everywhere. edit herself then? Yeah, she's and a host does producer. Does it go to anyone before? Then, no, it's just it's out the door. It's out the door, and then our audio producer Ian logs on around six a.m. and checks everything off and makes sure it's all good, and then they start their day from there. Uh, that's obviously a very unique process to that show. Yes. What's the kind of editorial process like for the rest, and and what are the kind of checks and balances? Every show is listened to by myself or my managing producer Maddie before it goes out. 
So since I've been back, because I had a hiatus there for a while, since I've been the head of pods, that was the process because it's really easy to listen to things after they go live and then be like, oh, fuck, they said that. Or what are they doing there? Or that's a weird edit. So to save all that drama and stress on our lovely team of 10 producers, we just get really organized and listen to everything before it goes out. What speed are you listening at? Normal. No. <laughs> yes, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Wow, how many yeah. how many hours do you reckon a week you're going through? I don't know, but a lot. Yeah. A lot. Oh wow. But Personal favourites? <laughs> Maybe Look, not need to answer that. Look, personal favourites. It's like picking a favourite child. But <laughs> I have a very big soft spot for this glorious mess, Big Kids, hosted by Holly and Andrew Datto. It's been, I used, it was one of the first shows I worked on and they just have insane chemistry, like probably the best chemistry you'll hear on our network. Ooh, I'm going to get in trouble for saying that, but I do <laughs> believe <can't> it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they are just, they're like an old married couple, but they're not. They just riff off each other. It's funny, it's loose, and it's not what you expect from a parenting podcast. It's very, very funny. And I'm, I don't have kids. I just like the vibe that they have. So on one like that where, you know, it's built largely around their chemistry, with the editorial sort of process there, will you ever call them back in to sort of try and, you know, shape something or will you just generally cut off? Sometimes, but I mean, they've been doing it for a while now. They're pretty good at it. So we just let them loose. Whereas something that like Mamma Mia Out Loud, which is based off the news cycle, pop culture, we have a planning meeting every day. Well, not every day. Every day we record. We record three days a week. So Monday's planning meeting at 10am and then they record the show at 12. So they've got two hours prep time. Okay. Roughly they know what they're going to be talking about because they're continuously talking to each other in their WhatsApp groups. Mm-hmm. So they kind of roll in knowing what they're going to say. They'll go and prep roll into the studio, record till one, and then their amazing producer, Emma, will edit it and we'll have it out by around half past four, if we can. Yeah, fantastic. And even visiting, going down and walking in marches, for instance. Yes, and doing that, that, yeah. yeah, So they went down to the Women's March, which was great, and actually recorded the intro down there, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, but that one we actually had to do the day before because, like, right, if we're going to go, we'll do the rest of the show the day before and then do the Women's March on the day off because we don't want to kill the producer. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. With, um, with, you know, No Filter, Mm. uh, Mia's show, and then booking guests and things, I mean, what's the target list like for that? And do you keep it, try to keep it quite topical? and A bit of both. So Mm. we're trying topical when we can, people who we're interested in or themes that we're interested in. So we did one on uh, being raising a kid on your own, so like being a single mum and choosing to do that by yourself. And that was one of our most popular episodes in the past two months. And it wasn't we, in that time. We also had Tanya Plibersek, Josh Frydenberg, yeah. Gladys Berejiklian. But that was one of the highest episodes because it was in her world, like yeah. in our audience's world. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. It doesn't get talked about really. No, and suddenly it you can strike a chord of something that you know so many people would have a question about, and then it's there for. Yeah, them. exactly. Advertising. So, oh. what's your strategy there? Do you have a sales team? Is we, it external, internal, a mix? It is internal. Our my work wife is Belle Cook, who is the head of audio sales. So I make the podcast, and she sells the podcast. What a team! Yes, yeah, so <laughs> she handles all of those things, and our sales team sell pods they sell editorial they sell social but they do the lot and they're an amazing bunch of people is there much sort of cross platform promotion i mean campaigns i imagine where it's hitting yeah they they sell a 
a, a few of the things. I'm not really sure how it works, but we've just actually moved the podcast team to sit near the sales team. So we have a bit of banter now. So I'm picking up on words that are happening that I don't really understand. <laughs> learning stuff yep. it's all evolving <laughs> yeah exactly sales is dark art sales, Leave they, it over they, there. they know what they're doing i just like podcast. yeah exactly <laughs> have you had sort of ever in terms of advertising have you ever had uh companies that have come to you with ideas where they've sort of had a bit of a kernel of an idea and so sometimes it happens and it might be like all the kind of worlds align and you're, it's like that, that oh, sound and then other times it needs a bit of tweaking or other times it's just not right for us. But I think it does happen. Yeah, I think uh, people have a good idea what Mama Mia stands for. Yeah, exactly. And you've got pretty long existing relationships with some advertisers anyway, so they're probably thinking exactly in that space. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're on to our third bespoke with Westpac now, so it's That's great. It's and also, good. I love the integrations you do with Stan. I think they're very smart. Yes, our Watch Club episodes with Stan, and they yeah. love the spill, which is our daily entertainment podcast. And it's an interesting take where you go, oh, look, you would have been hearing these ads for the last few weeks. So... And now we're going to talk about the show, yeah, which is I really good. Yeah, I think that's good. really smart. And, and, and working with advertisers who get what you're doing like all of our partners do is really good because they trust us we trust them and we can just go and make good content together that the audience is going to like and that's the main key because we're always putting the audience first and they're really good now just sort of standing back and letting you do your thing a bit Yeah. yeah i mean it was very obvious especially with stan they've got younger releasing next week i believe series seven series seven which Everyone at Mamma Mia loves. I bet. Uh, so it was a no-brainer. They were like, oh, well, we can do a watch club on this. And we're like, yes, we bloody well can. <laughs> In fact, we're going to do it anyway. So thank you for doing that. Yeah, we get more billions. And, yeah, you, know, you uh, Brave New World. Brave New World yeah. and Stan Rugby and all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's different end of the yeah. spectrum. It sounds, yeah, I mean, listening to the shows, it sounds like everyone is just so kind of inspired working there and seem to really get along with each other. I mean, do you find that it's just like constantly on in terms of WhatsApp groups? Yes, but which is good for me because I'm constantly on. Like, I feel like I'm that kind of person. So, and they're my friends, like Mia, Holly and Jesse are some of my closest friends. So it's. It's it's a blurred line of working and, and talking about random stuff. Like there's a WhatsApp group we've got going at the moment where they're talking about Khloe Kardashian's, I don't know, she posted oh, a, the There was a leaked posted. photo and then she's come out today and done a video jumping up and down and saying, see, this is real. And we're just in there talking about that. And then they're going to go and talk about that on the podcast tomorrow. So it's like I get to see how the sausage is made all the time, but mm. those chats would be happening anyway. Yeah. Do they ever say, hey, let's not talk anymore about this, let's keep it fresh? Yes, often. Well, half the time I'm like, save it for the podcast, yeah. save it for the podcast. <laughs> mm, but that's, I guess, the essence of the show, right? It's for the audience yeah. catching up with their exactly, friends. Exactly, with their and friends in their ears. Yeah. Yes. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Well, look, I mean, last time I saw Mia was at a Chat 10 live show and tried to hit her up to come on Batuta Podcast. <laughs> she declined. Um, and I think she had valid reasons for it. But look, the offer's still there. Okay, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> do you want to tell us about some podcasts that you listen to oh. outside of work? Do you listen to any? Um, <laughs> Sometimes I do. And when I do, it's like, um, I suppose, chocolate for my ears. Mm-hmm. So I would describe it. Mm-hmm. So one of them that I'm listening to at the moment is Sentimental Garbage's mini series, Sentimental in the City. So it's hosted by an Irish journalist called Caroline O'Donoghue and she runs Sentimental Garbage, which is often interviews with um, like famous authors or people she likes or 
other journalists, but she's spun off the show into a mini series, which I really like that idea of. And we've kind of just done something similar on true crime where we're trying, experimenting, doing different mini series within mm. to get new audience. And it's sentimental in and the city, all about sex in the city with Dolly Alderton from the high low. And she's an author, a journalist, everything like that podcaster. Mm. And they walk you through the many seasons of Sex in the City, but not by episode by episode, just by season one, season two as capsules and kind of treated as a great American novel. So it is, I can't, there's no other word to describe it, but cosy. Like it is just, if you love, it's very, you know, I'm very into chiclet, obviously, and yep. things like that. Uh, love a guilty pleasure of sex in the city. Yep. If I, you would even call it guilty, but it's just kind of nostalgic and nice to listen to two friends talking about their favourite TV show. Yeah, it's so interesting because you you sort of think about the recap podcasts of yeah. things that are going on now or yeah. kind of you know reality TV shows or whatever. But there's so much content Previous out there. Previous content, yeah, exactly. That people loved at some stage. And and what they're doing is they're not, you know, looking at it through a 2021 lens, which I actually appreciate. They're just treating it for how it was at the time. Yeah, right. So it's almost like one of those podcasts like Dissect mm. or Strong Songs, which break down albums and songs. Yeah, exactly. Except for TV. Except for TV, which is really cool. Right. I reckon I've seen every episode of Sex and the City well, laterally just from my wife. Yeah, you should just Because she's seen every it. episode, you know, 10, 15 times. A million times. And lots yeah. of people are now going back and re-watching it. And a few 21-year-olds in the office were like, oh, well, maybe I will go and watch it. We're like, please don't watch it with a 2021 lens because you will say it's problematic, <laughs> which it is. But it's just nice to have that kind of for what it was. Oh, but the glory of smoking Marlboro lights indoors. <laughs> exactly. Back in the day. And the other one I'm really obsessed with is Even the, even the Rich from Wondery. So... I can't get enough of storytelling podcasts at the moment. I just like to like kind of plug them in and walk my dog and off I go. I'm in a different world. So they'll do three to four episodes on a different wealthy family. They've done the Murdochs. They, it's hosted by two American girls, uh, women, I should say. They do awful Australian accents when they talk about the Murdochs, Fantastic. which maybe made me almost want to switch off, but I persevered oh, really? oh, and it was worth it. Uh, and they've done the Getty family, Beyonce and Jay-Z, the Kardashians, the Hiltons, all of the Kennedy family, like Caroline Kennedy and JFK Jr., or Caroline Bassett, JFK Jr., Jackie O, JFK... Even Ted Kennedy, the random rogue brother. Yep. It's just great. And I, I like a bit of history, but a pop culture history especially. So it's really good oh. to just pop in and tune off to. Brilliant. I'm into that. Yeah. Particularly and the older yeah. American and families. And it's good. It's got that night. You know, every Wondery podcast has that beautiful sound design. So it's mm, all yeah, the way through right. it which is also nice to listen to as a producer. You're like, oh, look what they really did there. Really can appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they'll be very appreciative of having someone who <laughs> <laughs> has the nuance. Yeah, exactly. How'd they do that soundscape? Yeah, yeah. that's fun. Yeah. Finally, I guess the, the final question we'd like to ask everyone is just other advice for, well, usually podcasters, but someone like yourself who is, you know, running the podcast came from Mamma Mia. What, what advice would you give to someone who's looking to follow in your footsteps? Just, oh, I don't even know. Bloody hell. I suppose just do the work and head down, bum up, but also just put your hand up for things. Just yeah. be willing to have a go. I mean, with Mamma Mia Out Loud, two years ago, I was the producer on that show and Mia was like, maybe we should do a live show. 
And I was like, okay, I don't know how to do that, but I'll work it out. And we did. And now we're looking at about, well, probably end of this year, we're going to do a second round of live shows across the country, which is fun. So it's just like we had no idea how to do it. We just had it go and explored and we ended up working it out. It's much like how I started learning about pods, did sneaky YouTube, asking questions. Yeah. Just have Get a go. In, yeah. yeah. So what's it going to look like? You're going to take a bunch of shows on the road? Probably just out loud again mm-hmm. and hit the big capital cities. But we also found, and I know like Chat 10 looks three, find this as well, especially in the like regional towns like Orange, Dubbo, we've been to Tamworth. We went to my hometown. Was it a good and, going back there, the hometown here? Oh, yeah, it was really, it was really quite yeah. fun. I'm really like flying the flag for regional Australia. So whenever I can get them to do a tour out there we did a drought relief tour two years ago we went to Tamworth and Dubbo which was great and a lot of our listeners and this comes back to the back and forth relationship that we have with our listeners sponsored people out there to go to the show because they knew they were in the middle of the drought money was tight Um, RM Williams came on board and gave a couple of people some free boots which was great um, but seeing that half of the people who went to those shows were funded by people in the city, our audience was really, really special. Was that something you facilitated? Or? Yeah, it was hard because I had to act as the go-between. It was like, right, Sharon from Kirribilli has bought two tickets and who am I going to give them to? That's a great idea though. Yeah. It's a really nice way for people to support. And, it yeah. was. And people felt like they felt like they'd, they'd given someone a night off, which was really nice, yeah. especially in that shit time. Yeah, but have a go. Well, now we know what the head of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you for having me, guys. Yeah, it's very good to come in and check out the studio. It's always interesting to see how other people do it. Yeah, yeah. let's keep having a yarn. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Thank you. 